Today on the show, we have Owen Dahlberg. Owen is an independent free ski filmmaker and will be featured in this year's X Games Real Ski with Lupe Haggerty. In this episode, we talk about Owen's journey to where he is now, working at Wendell's, some behind the scenes of the Magma videos, linking up with Lupe, getting his gear stolen, and more. We answer a ton of listener questions, so thank you to everybody who sent those in. If you like the episode, make sure to subscribe and give us a rating. Other than that, here's Owen. What's up? Yo, Owen, what's up, man? How's it going? Good. Just waking up, honestly. I was having a little little bit of breakfast. <laughs> nice. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So let's start out with it. Let's uh let's start with who are you and what do you do? Cool. Um yeah, I'm Owen Dahlberg and I'm like an independent ski filmer, just making making the dream happen. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So I was so I do research for all my guests. And you were the hardest one to nail down like what your journey was because you're involved with so many projects and so many different crews, it seems like. Where does your journey start, really? Um, yeah, so I grew up in Durango, Colorado. I'm originally from Colorado, um, just a little mountain town there and just kind of started messing around with my friends, skateboarding and just uh, filming little mountain biking videos and just messing around with the camera at a young age. Never really thought of it being into a career at that time. And then I guess went to uh, CMC in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Went to school up there after college. Went to went to school for one year before I dropped out. And then I was just like, man, the school thing's not for me. I'm just gonna choose film. I'm just gonna like work on filming for the, for it and just try to make this like my thing, you know? Because at that point, when I moved to Steamboat, I met with, um, like a crew of friends of mine called the steam boys and that's kind of where it like started off for me was just like those guys being super down to film and then me just being like all right I want to like put all my effort into this and then just doing it every day and just like messing around trial and error at things and like that just making as many videos as I can just to like I don't know and I also do it for fun too that's like another thing why I do filming it's like I enjoy making videos and all that yeah we're like were you the kid in the crew that you were stoked on skiing but you weren't as good as your friends or were you just like super into filmmaking so that's why you picked up the camera yeah so I guess like give it some background too like I don't know like do you know of uh, like the Strictly crew yeah yeah and like uh Parker Norvell I grew up skiing with him he was like my number one ski homie and yeah like back in the day we were both on like ski the ski team like freestyle team like trying to make it and I was like yeah I want to be a pro skier but then that dream came to a sudden stop pretty fast where I was like yeah I'm not doing all the triples and doubles like I'm just gonna stand yeah so I kind of chose the route to be like well I can still be out doing what I want to do with my friends but I can just pick up a camera and not have to be like the big uh, athlete star behind it so I kind of chose that route for sure because I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't the best athlete at all of my friends, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what were some of like those early kinks to work out? Cause I used to, I used to be really into filming my friends and I know that those first couple of years, it's like, you just want to get out there and start shooting, but it's like, damn, I got to work on the exposure. Oh man, the footage is shaky. Like what were you going through at the beginning? Yeah. Like, I guess I really didn't like hit me until I moved to steamboat where I was like, okay, I really want to make like 
good looking videos and like really put some effort into like editing and like making sure yeah getting the lighting and the shots correctly and stuff and at that point I just picked up my first DSLR which was a Canon 7D and so I, I was just yeah messing around with that I had a GoPro before that just like a shitty GoPro just messing around and then after once I got the Canon 7D that's when I started like really figuring it out and then I learned everything just from YouTube videos. Like I had no one, I never went to school for filming or took one class. I, everything I learned was just from YouTube videos and then going out too and trying it and just testing and trial and error. And then just being like, all right, well this works, this doesn't work. And then going off of that. Yeah. And like, who are you watching as your um, inspirations for kind of your style, especially in those early days? Yeah, those early days for sure was like, I was really into like uh, the B&E show and uh, Stepped, Step Productions was a huge one for me. And I remember actually too, like I was really into Stepped and I was like, oh my God, these guys are the best, like freaking out over their videos, like holy grail type shit. And like, I remember the year Nick Martini started putting out, um, it was like, I forget the name of it, but he started putting out like his video interview series about him or it was like behind the behind the camera or behind the lens or something. And it was like a small story about Nick Martini's story about how he got hurt and then picked up a camera and started filming for Stepped. And then it just turned into this whole thing. And he loves filming now and all that. And that story really hit me. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I want to be that. Like, I want to be shooting like Stepped, like big street videos, night shoots, all that. And so that was a huge inspiration for me was the step videos. And I think that was a big reason why I picked up a camera. Also too, uh, I got a, like the bunch. I was a big bunch fan. All those videos <laughs> screwed me up as a young kid, just over and over watching them again. So that was a big inspiration as well. Hell yeah. So what would kind of, how would you break down like the transition from okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to school. I want to be a filmer. Like when did that transition into, okay, I'm taking this super serious, like, let's try to make some money off this. Let's try to like put out some parts. What was like, was there a distinct moment or did it kind of just blend into that? Um, I guess before I went to, before I went to school, I kind of was like messing around with, uh, before I went to CMC and Steamboat, I was messing around with cameras and I was kind of like, toying with the idea of being like all right I want to make ski movies like this is what I want to do but it didn't really hit me until it was it's pretty funny actually like I I failed math in school like I failed it and like it was a requirement and I was like after that I was like this is not working for me <laughs> so I just was like I'm gonna focus 100% on filming and just go there and just everything I put everything into it yeah yeah Nice, man. And did you catch like a certain break? Was there anybody, was there any one video early on that's like, that kind of blew up and you're like, okay, yeah, this is working out or was, or did you just kind of keep putting stuff out and just keep on building on previous, previous videos? Yeah. So I probably like filmed with like the steam boys and like put out consistent videos for like, like that first two years I lived in steamboat. And then the second year I lived there, I didn't go to school and just filmed full time and then tried to film like this little movie with them and after that video I guess like um someone who I looked up to at the time was uh Oliver Hopslitzel the other filmer um he was like his style and stuff was a huge inspiration to mine and he actually 
hit me up after I dropped that first movie I made with the Steam Boys and was like, yo, dude, you killed this shit. Like, we should link up sometime, blah, blah, blah. And I, that was, like, huge for me. But then after I dropped that movie, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to go to film school or am I just going to keep doing this, you know? And so then I got a job as an in a film intern at a Woodward at a Copper for the summer. So that was kind of where I would say my film career kind of picked up and started going off was once I got that internship for Woodward at Copper. And I was just a one summer internship. Just I was in charge of making uh, the camper videos. So I had to make like three minute videos of these campers who parents would pay for like video recaps of them of the of the week they're there so it's kind of funny when I was because like the job was such bullshit just making these stupid videos but the like connections I I got getting that job led me to get another job was next year next summer I got a job at uh, Wendell's which really was where every, everything for that I've like gone in the last couple years of like kicked off for me was where at Wendell's nice yeah. Yeah. And I watched some of those Wendell videos when I was uh, looking through this. So I was wondering, like, are, are those summer jobs helping you pay the bills or are those just like strictly internships? Yeah. So the Woodward one, I was getting paid a little bit, but nothing to pay the bills. It was like I was living out of their uh, employee housing because I, I didn't have enough to pay rent there, like to get my own place in Copper because I was living in Steamboat. So I lived out of their employee housing. Yeah. Not enough to pay the bills. Wendell's was a big one because like I don't know if you've heard about like the workmanship but they don't pay their employees very well at Wendell's so like yeah it's like a hard thing to do but I'm so grateful and happy that I did take the chance and just be like all right I'm gonna kind of lose some money this summer but I'm just gonna go have the best summer of my life kind of thing yeah knowing that going into it I think was good because I was like already like all right I know I'm not going to be making money this year, this summer, but it's more about the connections and the experiences I gain. So that was like where I was kind of focusing the like, all right, here we go. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of those early things like, all right, whatever I'm giving up in money, I'm gaining in in connections. Um, Who who are those some like some of those connections that you met there? And like, what did that kind of lead to afterwards? Um, like like a big one was uh that's where I uh, met Hunter Hess and Alex Hall so I don't think I would have filmed the two magma videos with them if I didn't take that job at Wendell's that summer and met those guys and like made a connection with them and like yeah because it wasn't because I met Hunter out there and we were like filming you know getting along and stuff and then it wasn't until that next winter that Hunter actually came to me and was like hey trying to film the summer video like we should you should help and I was like yeah I'm there let's go yeah so that was that was the biggest one I would say but also too just like um Jason Aarons he was the marketing marketing director at Wendell's at the time when I was working there and he's been a huge help he just knows everybody in the industry runs surface skis marketing right now so which is really cool and this also too just um the amount of athletes you meet like Wendell's obviously brings in just an insane amount of like professional skiers to the summer skiing so having just all those people come through all the time and then like I got to meet the bunch and all them and make connections with those guys which was crazy because that was just kind of a lifelong dream of mine to like film with those guys and stuff and 
yeah just meeting more people like that like some really good other like filmer friends I've met through Windows and stuff like that and just Oregon in general too just brings people out there like like-minded people like us and just kind of brings us together and it's pretty cool because then you can just meet a lot of good good known people yeah man so were you the only um like staff filmer at at uh Wendell's or were there a couple other guys working with you yeah so it was uh the a the av team is what they called us and it was me alex havey and then uh, christian raguse and then joey farva so me and alex havey were the two filmers havey was uh the head lead filmer and I was kind of like the side guy so pretty much Havy would edit do all the editing I would just help film and help editing here and there but then and then Christian and Joey were the social media and photography guys do so there's like, like four of us yeah and so is that a is that weekly that you guys are shooting and then and then Havy went in and chopped it all up yeah so every day yeah. we'd go up to the mountain go shoot like 300 videos say clips a day like crazy amount come back re, uh label all the footage that night and then yeah hate we would get like a like a three-day weekend kind of in between each session and that Havy would lock himself in his room for three days yeah. and just go in on it and he would he used he would kill it every time and I've learned a lot from Havy because he he was doing that he did it two years before I did before I showed up to Windows and he was working with like Gavin Rudy too, which is another big name, another big filmer and a good friend of mine. Um, so yeah, working with Havy was awesome because he taught me a lot that I didn't know necessarily about little things because before going into that job, I was just teaching myself. Like I didn't necessarily know too many people or like talk to too many filmers, other filmers about stuff. So that was really cool working there with him. And so, but going into Wendell's, did you already kind of have your style locked down and, and like your process or did you, did it evolve while you were working there? Yeah, I guess like a little bit. I've, I had like a, I had a good amount of stuff I've released by myself under my belt before I got the job at Wendell's because I honestly, I applied the year I, I applied the year I went to a Woodward and they just never, they never called me back. Yeah. And so I just was like, oh, whatever, you know, like I wasn't good enough almost at that point you know and then I did the wood the Woodward thing another full winner of just making my own videos with people in like Summit County and Breckenridge and stuff so getting to know some really good skiers and making some really good videos I think so at that point yeah I had a little bit of a style going into that year that uh Jaren's was the one who got me the job and he was like yeah like you're killing it man like we want you up here blah 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 I was like I was just more than grateful for the opportunity yeah for sure and so while you're, so when you're not working at Wendell's, how are you making money um, to like to sustain that lifestyle of just going to the mountain and filming when nobody's like really supporting it yeah. financially at least? Yeah, at least um, when I was working in a steamboat, I had two jobs. I was a lifty at Steamboat Resort. So I was working at the mountain for a pass. So I got a free pass that way, which was nice. But then I would go and work a pizza job at night, just delivering pizzas. So yeah. for a while, it was just grinding. And then also, too, like, grinding really hard in the summers and just, you know, pretty much <laughs> slaving my whole summer away so I could kind of, like, be chill in the winter and have a lot of extra money to go on these trips and stuff. And that was a big part of it growing up was just working construction with my dad to make enough money so I could have a good budget in my winter so I could be like, all right, 
I'm going to just film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more I talk to um, people in the ski industry, ma- mainly not the corporate people, because they already have a full-time job, but mm-hmm. any, any rider, you know, filmmaker, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, these dudes just go around and film and ski and that's all they do. But like every single person I've talked to has like two, like at least two jobs to support the lifestyle. Yeah, it's not cheap. So I feel like a lot of kids don't realize that if just being like you got to like sacrifice a part of your life so you can live this other part kind of thing. Which yeah, is man. something you got to You got to want it, you know, and ski yeah. is the best. So it's, it's something easy to do. Yeah. So after Wendell's, what, what's kind of the next, uh, what's kind of the next chapter there? When did, where did things go after that? Yeah. So after Wendell's, I was like really stoked with how the summer went, but yeah, just coming out of the summer broke and just like, oh man, that summer was rough for me because yeah, I usually use my summers to save money for the winter, but that summer I couldn't save any money. I was losing money all winter, all summer long. So I had to like work my ass off with three jobs for like three months, like before. And then I was talking to my buddy, Christian Raguse, who was uh, the photographer out there. And I was living in Breck before I moved, I went to Wendell's and I was, I just didn't like Breck. I just, I don't know. It's too tourist town for me. And like, it just gets so crazy. And like, just the people there are not for me. So I was like talking to Christian about like, like I was, I was, I was looking to go somewhere else. I, I was trying to leave Breck and then Christian was like, Oh, like I'm in Salt Lake, like blah, blah, blah. There's all these homies here. Like you should come through, like you should move here. Like it's sick. Like we could, we could get after it together, blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking about like making this like movie book collab with him, which turned into something I'm really proud of. And so, yeah, I decided to just say, fuck it. And just uh, moved out to Salt Lake just on a whim, kind of not, I didn't know anybody besides Christian and then just, met the best homies out here though because like salt lake's got such a good community so i'm really happy i did make the move here yeah for sure and i saw i saw a thread on new schoolers the other day somebody was asking you know how did salt lake and and park city turn into like the mecca for for all these skiers coming out there because it used to be summit county in colorado yeah now everybody's out in salt lake yeah i don't know i think because yeah when i was growing up summit county was like the big like oh my god like keystone breckenridge like that was like the place to be and that's where i wanted to like live for like most of my life when i was growing up but then yeah something happened and i think honestly it has something to do with the legal weed in colorado (laughs) because i saw a notice in this so the legal weed happened and then all these people started moving in from out of town blowing up the housing system so now the housing like market is just outrageous so that caused a lot of skiers to leave because they can't afford to live in summit county it's like 900 bucks for one one bedroom apartment a month you know and it's like skiers can't pay that so i think that was a big part of why a lot of people started leaving and then it just like also too just like the the park scene out there kind of starts like changing because I worked at Keystone when I was living out there. I worked at Keystone painting rails for one fall, just like helping with like rail maintenance. And so I got some behind the scenes stuff and they were saying like their budget was getting pulled by 10 grand. But so like the park out there was slowly getting worse. Like, like the resorts are not putting as much money as they used to. So the parks aren't as sick anymore. So I think that's another reason why a lot of people left because it's just like copper Woodward or copper is sick, but like everyone else is like kind of dying out I feel like 
Yeah, it's definitely changing out there. So what's yeah. your um, what's your like main mountain out in Salt Lake? Because there's the best part about Salt Lake is there's so many freaking mountains just yeah. in one area. So like, what where do you guys mainly ride at? Uh, I'm I'm a big Brighton guy. I love yeah. Rip and Brighton, and those guys are nice enough too to help me out with the pass. So that's another reason why I go there, and I like helping them and giving them some video content and stuff. And honestly, they have like the best features in my opinion with those big milli tubes. Like they're so fun, and yeah. they're the all mountain stuff is great there too. Let's see. So what's kind of uh, so you make the move out there. And then what's going on? What do you get up to? You said you were working on a, a book slash video project. What's kind of the uh, story with that? Yeah, so pretty much after Wendell's moved to Salt Lake and then I didn't really have any big thing after that. I was just like kind of on my own and I was just like, well, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep filming like, you know, what's I'm just going to keep making my movies, like making independent films and stuff. So, yeah, Christian Reguse is the photographer and me and him came up with this idea of like we really we really enjoy like hard copies and like physical things that you can hold and that's something I feel like the ski industry is losing losing touch of of just like selling DVDs of like ski movies and stuff like that like the physical realm of our day and age is kind of being lost it's all so digital now so we really wanted to touch on that and bring it back a little so we kind of made like a a photo journal and dvd collab of just like i have a copy right here it's called human air and it's just like a it's just uh pretty much like photos of all the spots and stuff we filmed in the video and then yeah. christian wrote a couple words about it and stuff and then we had the dvd right at the end yeah for so people we were listening, it's like that. a it's like a magazine with like that's just yeah. all photos throughout. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it's like a ma magazine kind of like with a story about our winner, and then there's a video to back it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I was really excited to do that with a good friend of mine, Christian, and I think the concept of it is pretty cool. And I'm happy we did it because honestly, after we did it, I started seeing more people. Um, start like making like little magazine signs and like just trying to sell phys physical copies again and i was like really stoked to see more people are like down and i was really surprised on how many we sold too and just like people are still stoked on the physical realm of it right? but yeah, yeah. Just gotta bring it out. do you remember how many you guys sold we we originally bought a hundred because we were like really nervous and like didn't want to buy too much but then sold those like really fast and so then bought another 50. So I think it was a total of like 150 we sold. Nothing yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, nothing crazy compared to like, you know, like books. But for the ski community, that's crazy. Yeah, for us just kind of doing it out of pocket too. And just like no one knowing like what it was going to be. And then just being like, yeah, I'll pay 30 bucks for that. Like, you know, I was yeah. Like stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're like... Uh, what I've noticed is you do a lot of big projects, you know, some people just like consistently put out clips or whatever, but you're always, it seems like working on something huge. So like, are you doing these big projects kind of at the same time? Or are you like, okay, this season, I'm going to focus on this project and this summer, I'm going to focus on this project. How does that kind of work out? Um, it kind of like, I don't know. I guess I just go into it. Like I try to, I try to put out a video an independent video for myself each year, just okay. something that I can have full free creative reign and just, you know, it's just, this is my video kind of thing. And I film with the homies and stuff, but then I've also been working with like Lupe Haggerty. He's a good friend of mine. And 
I've been helping him make like some some street parts for him, which I'm really stoked on. But he has like a different view in it. So it's a little different because I have to kind of like fit his view or his his vision a little bit. And mm-hmm. same with a uh, hunter and a hall, like they have a vision for magma that I try to I've tried to fit too. So with that being said, like I try to have my own thing at least. But then obviously, yeah, I kind of get pulled in different directions because people need help. And I just like, <laughs> I love helping people. I don't know. Whenever someone needs help at a spot, I'm always there. And like doing the thing with Hunter and A-Hall is so sick because we get to build all our own features and stuff, which is like so cool. So I'm blessed that they're down for me to help them and stuff. And Yeah, I think, yeah, I think now would be a good time to talk about Magma because that was such a, just such a sick video when it first came out. And the follow-up one was insane too. So what's kind of like the full story with how all that came about? You mentioned that you met, I think A-Hall at, um, A-Hall and Hunter Hess at Wendell's. So where did everything go from there? Yeah, pretty much met Hunter and A-Hall at Wendell's that summer. Filmed with them a little bit, you know, became friends with them and stuff. And then I was just out in Salt Lake filming a park edit. And I saw, I met up with Hunter one day at Park City. And we were just filming some shots. And he like brought up this idea of like filming like a summer video kind of like on top of the hood style and he really and he's from Oregon he's from Bend so he really wanted to do it at hood and like kind of like a homage like you know Oregon homage video kind of thing and I was like yeah like he brought up the idea of midwinter and was like yeah I'm trying to like figure out funding all this like I think a hall wants to do it too and then also talking to this guy Oystein and I was like yeah yeah for sure like for me as like a kid or like kind of a young filmer kid like that was huge dream opportunity kind of thing of just like an athlete coming to me like especially like hunter and just being like yo i got this vision like would you be down to help and i was like i'm your man like yeah i'm there so with that being said and then it was all hunter hunter is the man behind magma like i just do the filming and editing like he was the one who got all like the stuff ready got us tickets at bachelor and got us a place to stay blah 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 all that figured and then so oystein uh oystein bratton but i don't know if you know of him he I've, was, heard, I've heard his name yeah yeah he's he's pretty big but yeah he's from sweden and um or no he's from norway and he i yeah, see he flew out and he was trying to film for the video but weird little like side thing was like i didn't know until he got out there that he was filming for a different video and not filming for magma but just wanted to film with us yeah so that was all weird but yeah <laughs> but it still turned out sick because oystein's the man and i love that dude yeah and it was so sick to have him out there with the crew but yeah it was just kind of like me hunter and a hall that was literally the crew for a while and we would just we we had a month to film the video where like i had i could take off a month of my summer to go film with them and then they had like a month of time to film so we had this like month period and we're like all right let's just go camp and film every day so we camped on mount hood and just filmed every day i actually yeah so hunter and a hall were getting passes the whole time but i actually didn't have a ticket <laughs> at all the whole time i snuck i snuck up every day (laughs) which is pretty funny so like the yeah working with super low budget on this project literally just out of hunter's pocket pretty much and then yeah like hunter and a-hole were just like i didn't know them the most like we we knew briefly going into the project but i wasn't necessarily like really good friends with them by any means 
so it was really like hanging out with them every day really brought us together and like really close and hunter and a hall just have such a crazy level of motivation like those guys are like waking up every morning being like all right we're going up there hitting something we go up at like <laughs> it's funny too because we usually wake up at like noon get up there right but like i don't know if you've ever skied at hood but um the lift closes at two o'clock so you see last lift is two o'clock so we barely make it up for last lift get the last lift up and then we would traverse over like out of bounds and then start building and then we usually wouldn't hit like they would build for like two three hours and then hit the feature as well that same day so just like those guys are animals. Like yeah, so you're hitting the feature at like five in the afternoon at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. After building for two hours and like you're all tired and sweaty and then you got to hike up this huge mountain to like hit this thing like five times or whatever and like lace this crazy trick. So like I was just amazed by those guys because they were just going full psycho mode and just like we got to get it, got to get it, you know, and it turned out to be something like one of like I'm one of my favorite videos I've ever made was that first one just because yeah. the year because I think what something special about it was just how none of us did it before and we just kind of just went in winging it and it turned into something great so I think that has like a really special feel to that first one and just like Hunter doing like the triple was like a big thing for Hunter yeah <laughs> he was talking about that for a while leading up to it yeah i guess like we were like filming a bunch getting all these good clips and we were like talking about like what we need next because we were trying to like not just like build the same jump over and over again we were trying to like all right let's try to build a hip let's try to build this like and he was like i want to do a triple on a qp and i was like really i like (laughs) you're crazy like in no way like i don't know man like but then yeah we built that one and it was a huge thing because like it was funny because it was right before right after fourth of july and hunter he got super drunk fell off off his bike and like had this like egg sized welt in his shin like right where his boot sits so it was like brutal like he was like hurting and then next day goes up to try this triple and like bosses it out somehow that's crazy. crazy So, um, so during the setup for that, are you just filming B-roll or are you in, in there with the shovels, everybody working together to set it up? Yeah. Like I would, I would be shoveling every day just as much as those guys. Like, yeah, like I said, we had a very small crew, so yeah, if we weren't all putting a hundred percent in, like we weren't getting the feature done that day. So I, there's a lot of times where I was like, man, I wish I could just like go and like walk around and just shoot some B-roll, but I got to help build right now. So it was a challenge to do, but I'm glad I helped. I was there to help and make the features happen because yeah, it make, makes it a lot more um, rewarding after you know after yeah, you built it. Definitely. And so, just in terms of process, like when you're making a video, just generally speaking, how what's like kind of the balance you strike between? Okay, I'm gonna film the the actual action, and then I'm just gonna film you know all the b-roll like are you just are you one of those types that's always filming everything and just always has a rolling or do you are you looking out for specific things to to get a shot of yeah i guess that's like it that's a good question um it's really hard to with like skiing at least it's kind of easier because obviously you can kind of like uh like um like foreshadow like when something's gonna happen you're like all right 
he's gonna he's gonna do the jump and he's gonna ski over and he's gonna dap up a hole like I know that's gonna happen you know so I, yeah. I can I, I can film for that because I know he's gonna go over and get I can get the dap up shot you know like little stuff like that you can kind of like okay you know and then for skiing you know you're just trying to I always try to find the best angle to shoot the skiing the best, you know, like not making it the biggest or by any means, but just making the shot look or like the trick look the best because at the end of the day, it's all about the skiing. And, but then having that, that's like my main focus is like shooting the skiing and then just, yeah, having just like B-roll in the back of my head kind of, and then just kind of just shooting. Like my biggest thing is I, I just shoot a bunch of random shit. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll just delete it. Cause I'm like, all right, this didn't work out. Like, I don't know. What was I thinking here? Like, you know, like kind of thing, yeah. but like a lot of times I'll shoot something that I, or like shoot it in a way that I nest, like I shot it this way, but then watching it after and like editing it, I'm like, Oh, I could use it in this different way. You know, like stuff, it starts hitting me the more and more I do it and stuff. So it's kind of like a learning process. And then just being like, having that back in your head of just like all right i need to get this blah 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 because when a lot of people first start out it's like it's hard to think about that stuff and like exactly where to look yeah exactly and they'll just stand you know stand on the knuckle pan left to right and get somebody on the jump and then just repeat that 50 times you know yeah and so it's no, it like is. how did you kind of evolve that where you're just like okay i need to i need to think of this in a different way is that kind of how you approached it I guess the biggest way I, yeah, I don't, the way I approach things like that is like, I'm, I'm the type of guy where I've watched every ski video a hundred times. <laughs> and so I, like, I guess my biggest thing too, when I was growing up was I was kind of like copycatting a lot of people and I would just re like, I would watch my favorite videos and almost try to remake my favorite videos and like copy them, but then do it in a different way where it has my own flavor on it. And so I think that's the biggest thing of like, you know, you can kind of like take your favorite. I like kind of have like my favorite videos just playing in my head all the time and like thinking about like, why was that my favorite video? Oh, I had this B-roll shot of this dude like chugging a beer. Oh, I, I should get a shot of that. Or like, you know, they're like just like little things like that. But then trying to take that and like not completely do the copycat and put your own flavor on it and make it your own. So then, yeah, you have your own originality on it and like people can really vibe with it. So that's like my thing going into it is just taking other people, stuff I'm stoked on and then making it my own is like the biggest thing. For sure. When someone like Hunter approaches you and he's like, okay, I'm going to do a triple off this. And you're like, you're nuts. I know that Berman, when he's filming, he's like, I never encourage people to do, like I never push people to do something unless they're super stoked on it, you know? And I, th I think he never even encourages athletes to like do anything. He's just like, I'll film it if you want to do it. Like, do you ever try to get your, your athletes stoked or are you just there for the ride? And you're like, if you want to try it, I'll film it. Because you don't want, yeah. you know, nobody wants to push somebody to get mm -hmm. a shot and then they end up getting really badly hurt, you know? I know, and that's like, the that's like, I like, I hate that part of it because that's happened to me quite a few times where I've like, and yeah, it's something, I, I do. You can ask all my friends this. Like, I'll I'll come up with some crazy idea for someone and they'll be like, you got to do it, man. Like, jump off this shit. <laughs> and it's definitely not the best. But my friends kind of know, know me now, too. And, like, Hunter, too. And, like, they know when they're like, all right, you're just being crazy. But, like, I definitely try to um, psych up the athlete as much as I can. Because I really think, like, as a filmer, it's kind of your job to be that guy for them. Because 
they have to have this relationship of trust for you to get the shot how they want it kind of thing at least with like hunter like allowing to trust me with like a whole video you know and so i definitely try to keep the athlete as stoked up as i can because i think like as a filmer it's really important to be that guy for them and like you know and they're hiking up the mountain and they have they're not with anybody and they're just like dude i don't know if i want to do this like they need that little guy on their shoulder being like you got this man like right here you know yeah. like i think as a filmer it's your job to do that and to because if you can you can produce some crazy content because you can push your athlete to do some wild stuff so i think like if you can develop a relationship with a skier like that and where you can kind of be like pushing them a little you know not not in like a bad way but just being like do it come on encouraging yeah yeah don't be don't be a chicken you know like come on do it you know like encouraging them I think is really good and like I think that's why me and Hunter and A-Hall do so well because I'm able to kind of like mess around with them a little bit and just be like yo jump off that crazy big cliff you know and they're like yeah "Yeah, I could do that you know and then I'm like yeah you could (laughs) oh awesome man yeah. And so what was kind of the, uh, what was the response to that video? Cause I remember when Magma came out, I was like, this is amazing. And so what was it like on your end? You know, you press publish and then you're just like, all right, I just set off a bomb. Let's see how everybody reacts. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you say it like that. Yeah. Cause I was like the most nervous I've ever been going into that release of that video because that was like my like after because the only thing I've done before that like super professionally was like Lupe stuff and then the Wendell's stuff so that was like my first real at least to myself I felt like I was like my first real big time video that Mm -hmm. I was able to produce like through myself so that was like I was so nervous and like I honestly didn't think I like made like a masterpiece or anything I was like I just made it how I wanted it and like how I thought it should be. And then Hunter and A-Hall were actually really stoked and they didn't have me change anything, which I was like, word, like I I made the movie, like I made the whole movie, didn't even show them and then just sent it to them. And they were like so down with it, which was cool. But yeah, I like, I don't know, going into it, I was really, really nervous and like, just like, I don't know, like, but then just being like, whatever, you know, I made this video for myself at the end of the day, but I got just unreal uh like feedback back from people just so many people hitting me up saying like this is their favorite ski video ever yeah the soundtrack is amazing blah 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 i love it you know everybody is just like just unreal stuff and i've never received that much feedback on one video before so that was like really humbling and like i'm like truly grateful for it because like i did not expect it at all so were you just like sitting around the house just super stoked like oh my god like another nice comment another nice dm like what was that day like for you when like it actually just blew up and everybody was watching it yeah i I remember the day it dropped i was i was back home in durango working for the summer and so i wasn't really around like any of my like hunter or anybody so i was kind of by myself and yeah i dropped it and i had to work that day i remember so i wasn't like I didn't like see anything until like later that afternoon. And so it like really hit me because like later that afternoon, it was already like, it was like crazy amount of views by the end of the day. So I was like, what the fuck, you know, like, and just so many DMs and just like, I can't, I remember it was something crazy. Like the amount of DMs I got that day, 
it was really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like a first kind of like starstruck, like fan moment I had, or like kind of like, whoa, like, you know, <laughs> but I've never had anything like that before. Definitely. That's awesome. And where did, um, where did like the Magma 2 come into play? Because obviously one was incredibly successful. So were you guys like, all right, let's run it back. Let's do it again. Yeah, pretty much like with like how we, yeah, the amount of feedback we received and like the view count on YouTube and then winning the new schoolers awards too. It was just like a huge like motivation boost for Hunter and A-Hall too. Like they were so stoked after that like and you know they probably got a lot of love for it too you know because they were doing all sorts of crazy stuff so we were like we're like hunter was like yeah let's let's do it again you know like we need to do it and do another one for sure and i was like word like we can't go to hood though i was like we can't go back like there's not like you only can do so many jumps at hood you know like sammy carlson pretty much did all the big ones and we kind of filled in a little bit you know like so we we're like we got to go somewhere else and we we're planning that year to go to uh europe and film in like ritzkin or I forget. it's like there's like this weird place that everyone goes to like the bunch is filmed a bunch there and stuff and like but this place in norway we were gonna go film with oystein because oystein another thing too was like how he he his video his shots that he filmed with us during magma was for a different video after we released magma he was like really bummed that he didn't have his shots in the video <laughs> So he was like, all right, this year I'm in it. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm there for you guys. And we're like, cool. So we were going to try to go to Europe with him. But then literally like a week before we were about to leave, the COVID band hit and A-Hall was actually already out there. And me and Hunter were about to fly out. And then we're like, we can't go out there. Like, yeah, like shit's fucked. So A-Hall actually got the last flight back before they uh, shut the border down. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Yeah. To America. So that was like a huge shit show just getting A-Hall back and like, you know, and then us not going and stuff. So then we were all stuck in Utah and we were just like, fuck, like, what do we do? Like, do we go to Hood again? Like, I, I heard like you can't even like, because at that point they shut down Hood and like you couldn't even skin up, like you couldn't even go up the access road. So it's like, we couldn't go there and film. We're like, maybe we could go to Montana, but we just didn't have sleds or like the resources. So we're like, fuck it. We'll just film in Utah. Mm -hmm. All the resorts are closed here, you know? So we just like went up to like Brighton, Alta, Big Co or uh, Little Cottonwood, like Grizzly Gulch and all that. And just built as many jumps as we can, which is like, I think was really cool because it made the second one so much different than the first one. So different. You yeah. know, it was like the same thing. Yeah, definitely a different vibe in the second one. It was, yeah. it was, it was awesome. What was the, uh, <laughs> I just have a question about a, a specific shot. So what was it mm -hmm. like nearly getting impaled by that tree in that second, oh in that second movie? God, dude. That was like one of the scariest moments I've had filming to date. We were just like, yeah, like set up that little tree. And like, I didn't think it was going to break like that. I expected it to like snap in the middle, like where he was kicking you know yeah. and it was like a tall ass tree it was like 40 50 feet tall and it was really skinny and there yeah we were building like the the bunch bounce off the tree or something like that and so like the first couple hits i was filming long lens from below so like and i was just like ah this is just not looking that sick like i need to film fisheye so yeah I go up to film fisheye like right in there and then hunter hits it and he was trying to flip out thing and so he tried to flip out and it like almost sounded like it snapped, but it didn't. And I think he might've broke it slightly. And then 
A-Hall comes in next hit, does the big push off it. The top half snaps and falls. Yeah, skewers me, almost skewers me. And, like, I've, like, I had no idea it happened until I, like, ended the shot and I saw it go down. And, like, if I was standing a foot over, I would have been – I could have been dead. I don't know. It was yeah, like, that was crazy. It was a big stick. Like, and it hit, if it hit me in the back too, like actually skewered me. Like that would have been really bad. And like, yeah, Hunter almost did something similar too on his other one too. That's we crazy. were not having good luck with trees. It was bad. And so you kind of brought up that like you do the different, you know, do the long lens versus the fisheye. So if somebody's doing something crazy, are you setting up a camera on a tripod and then going close to the fisheye? Because you, there's no way that you're going to get somebody to do, like, a triple twice to get both shots, you know? Yeah, so, like, that was that was the hardest thing about the first one and the second one, too. The second one, I had a little more help. But the first one, it was literally just me out there with A-Hall and them. And, yeah, I didn't have, like, a tripod to set up for, like, a just a lock-off angle, you know? So, a lot of shots, I was like, all right, how am I going to shoot this the best and get the whole thing, you know, with one angle, one shot kind of thing? So, that was like a big part of like filming for it was that and like the struggle like at least like with like the sunset shoot that's like my biggest like was like I wish I had another filmer for that sunset shoot so I could have had multiple angles but the sunset shoot was so quick I didn't have enough time to run around the mountain because I was already over here I you know like I couldn't shoot multiple stuff like that so I think it like it kind of helps us and doesn't help us because yeah like I only have one angle for most of the things but I think it also gives us a feel for our stuff because we only have one angle so it has that DIY kind of feel to it yeah like I wish I had more filmers to help me but it is what it is yeah that's I mean I think I think that having just you behind the camera definitely gives it that distinct feeling so you know it's like it's like a blessing and a curse almost yeah yeah exactly like you know i wish i had help but also too it makes us who we are because i have to do it like that you know yeah definitely and so so on both of those shoots did you guys have any injuries at all or was it just mostly you know like little stuff yeah the first one those guys did not fall like i guess like the trailer there's a good amount of crashes but like i swear dude like they were lacing stuff like 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 they didn't they weren't crashing it was crazy but the second time, yeah, the second year we filmed it, they were trying, like, a lot bigger tricks the second year around because, you know, they already did, like, the, the basic stuff. So they were trying a lot bigger stuff this year. And, yeah, not we necessarily didn't get any injuries, but a lot more crashes and, like, close calls. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one A-Hall was trying to do, like, this flip out of, like, the big tree that we set up where Hunter did the hand plant to, like, bring back. A Hall was trying to do like this, like misty flip out and like completely head dove into the landing. And like, I thought he snapped his neck for a second, but he yeah. was completely fine. Yeah. But you guys- have nothing, nothing crazy, luckily, like knock on wood, you know, like blessed with that part of it. Do you guys have a plan for if somebody gets hurt? You know, like, okay, like, I, I don't know if you guys are talking about that ahead of time or like just kind of have like a general idea, like, okay, if somebody gets really messed up, this is how we're going to get them out and back to the road. Yeah, I would love to say that we do have a plan, but we don't. And that's something that I would stress for other people to do is like, it's not a smart move to do what we do and like not have a plan. Like, cause yeah, when you're out there in the backcountry, like where we were, you film in the second year, like hiking up Brighton every day and stuff, like there's no one back there. So yeah, you get hurt and it's like, 
what do you do? You know, what happens if someone breaks a leg? So something that we never did was, yeah, make a plan like that. But we luckily never got to the point where we were too far out, where it wasn't like a 10 minute ski down. There was one day actually where our buddy Cameron Broderick, uh, he hit this tree and like, I thought he might've broke his leg. Maybe like he smoked a tree and he skied down but he was like, that was like kind of a wake up call for us. Cause it was like, yeah, wow. Like we're up there, you know, and there's no one at Brighton. There's no ski patrol, you know, like there's no one up there. So definitely something I would recommend for people to do. Is, <laughs> yeah. Always have a plan. It's better to be safe than sorry. Especially, you know, with, with Magma too, it seemed like you guys had a way, way bigger crew. Cause I mean, there's yeah. like a whole, there's a whole friends portion of the, of the uh -huh. video. So like, were people just bored being quarantined or did you invite more people? Like how did, how did so many people get involved? Yeah. So like, yeah, quarantine was going on. So everybody was trying to do something and we had a lot of people like hit us up being like, yo, let me help. But we had to turn down some people and we kind of just try to keep it to just like some close friends, you know, Hunter and a hall invited a good amount of people mostly. And then I had like one or two homies come up with me sometimes, but yeah, we try to just keep it pretty low key as much as we can. But yeah, having that extra help, I think made the features, as you can see in the second one, like a lot more elaborate. You know, we had a lot bigger builds in the second year because yeah. we had a lot more help. Yeah, more hands on deck for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I loved Magma. And so you've kind of already like mentioned it, but like you have this whole other relationship with Lupe going on while you're doing all these projects. And that's like led up to the this re real ski video coming out. So yeah. what's kind of like your journey with Lupe been so far? How did that start out? Yeah, Lupe, I met him. I met him actually the first when I was when I got that internship at uh, Woodward. That was when I first met Lupe when we were he was living out in Summit County, too. And he was going to that. He was going up for the summer camp. And that's where I met him. And we filmed and then we just started hanging out and just skating every day. And like we we became friends before we became like ski friends you know like we were just homies just hanging out in the summer and then he was like yo like I knew he, you know we knew each other and like I knew he was a big skier like urban skier and he was like that next year was like oh yo I need help like filming for this uh urban project like you want to help and I was like living in Summit County that month and I was like that's the direction I was trying to go and I was like yeah of course you know I'm your man and then it just kind of like at first he just brought me on as like a helping hand and then slowly and slowly it turned into me being the main guy to film everything so I'm more than blessed yeah because Lupe's the man like he's such a good dude and like such a kind person and he's he's got an insane level of motivation too in the streets like like no one other I've ever seen so it's been really cool working with him because yeah it's like a whole nother side of things and I get to do a lot of things that I don't get to do with like Hunter and A-Hall and like He's helped me with a lot of opportunities like last winter we got to travel for his project and go to like spain and like all these crazy places that i've never been to so that was like so cool to film for that and like keep traveling with him because he is one of my best friends too that's awesome man and so we just had you know i'm sure you know we had lupe on the show yeah, and so like what's kind of from from the filmmaker's perspective what's his process like because you said that definitely a different creative uh, vision than you have so how does that kind of work working with an athlete who's so set on on a specific vision they have yeah like I like um Lupe has a very particular vision of like how he wants his skiing showcased and I 
completely agree with him because I think everybody should have a way they want their skiing showcase because it's your skiing. It's your art, you know, even though I'm a filmer and it's technically my art still too, but it's at the end of the day, it's the, per, it's the skiers skiing and you should showcase it the best they want it, you know? So knowing that, I think me and Lupe have like developed a cool style and just like kind of fitting his, like he really likes the clean proper cut like you know glide cams and tripods and all that but I'm more of a little DIY skateboard fisheye kind of guy you know so I think we've really been able to kind of connect both of those worlds and really find something that we're both stoked on that's kind of like us you know like really original so I think that has like a big factor of like why I'm really stoked on it because I can do what I want to do but then like be like okay well Lupe wants to like this and then trying to tweak it and then it, it creates different opportunities that I necessarily wouldn't have seen before yeah and Lupe was talking about how when you guys were making nowhere now here mm-hmm. you wanted to do like a whole dead style edit but then Chris Ben uh Chris Ben Shetler he yeah, made his he kind of beat so us what was what was that pivot like when you're like damn somebody not even knowing what we were planning on doing did the exact edit that we wanted to do so how what was yeah. that pivot like that was like that was rough because yeah i remember it was like middle of the winter when they dropped that and we were like you know like man like we're stoked but we're also like oh man we can't do this now because people are just gonna think we just completely stole their idea yeah so then that just like allowed us to kind of be like all right well we can go grateful dead-esque but just necessarily not full grateful dead you know like we kind of had it a little more uh subtle and like how i had like a a, i had a very small b-roll shot of like a a a skull with a rose in his mouth and that was like a little grateful dead kind of like showed up and just like the the layout of the project too was very great grateful dead inspired of like just the ongoing flowingness of it and then just it leading into the next and just kind of like you don't necessarily know when it's going to end but then it just keeps going you know like and then that. having clever, that. yeah yeah so like we really wanted to like keep the grateful dead mindset in this project but yeah not necessarily go all out like chris ben Chetler did on like fire in the mountain yeah. so i think it i think it made it better than what it was before because now then now we're like oh well we don't have to just use a grateful dead song for this whole project like let's use like because lupe's he loves his gangster rap you know like he loves that shit so like we got to use a little bit of that and a little bit of this so i really feel like with that being you know it allowed us to really show lupe's style as well because we didn't just go full grateful dead like we just did it all yeah yeah definitely and so um what was so after that you guys moved on to real ski i don't think i'm missing a project in between then and no. so what was that like you know so lupe told me how he how he ended up being told that he was invited and then did yeah, he just like call you up and be like yo let's do this well me and lupe actually live together now in utah so since last season we've lived together in salt lake so that's kind of nice you know just me and him being so close to each other and then just being like you know like we're both sitting on the couch doing nothing and it's like let's go do something you know like we're right there with each other so that's super sick um but yeah it was like Lupe's been gunning for it for a while like he's wanted this the spot for a minute before I think I even started filming with him so like in the back of his head I think he's really been gunning for it but yeah it wasn't until like last season where we really felt like we had a chance with nowhere now here and we got so much good feedback and then 
yeah, Lupe was out filming or he was out surfing. And then I got a phone call from him being like, yo, we got the invite, bro. Like, let's go. And I was so hyped for him because I know how much Lupe is like worked for it and like really wanted it. So I was just stoked to be there for him and like be there along the way. So, so what's the whole process? Like once, once you get that call and once he gets notified, what do you guys do from there? Cause obviously you're stoked, but then, but then you have work to do. So what's like, what's ESPN telling you? What are you thinking? Like, what's the, like, what's the deadlines, all that? Yeah. So like pretty much you have three months to film it and like they tell you at the beginning of the year before. So it's pretty much from November to the end of January mm-hmm. you have to film it. Um, yeah. Three months in there. Just like, yeah, like do what it like this year was way different because um, it wasn't they uh, they didn't just do skiing this year or like uh, urban skiing like this year. It's all skiing. You could do park street pow everything. So that like when we heard that this year, that threw us off like super hard because we were just like, what? Like it's not an urban contest anymore. Like how are they going to compare a quad kink to a double pillow line? You know, like how are they going to do that? Like we were just confused, but we were just like, whatever, you know, like more just stoked on us getting the opportunity, you know, and just being in X games and just having that platform to be on and just be on that stage. So we're like, let's just use this to have the best season we can, you know? So we got like deviation to help us and like, give us like a Jeep and stuff. So we got some good help from like our sponsors and like ended up being able to go. Cause like Utah was so dry at the beginning of the year, we went on like a huge trip to the East coast and stuff. And that was cool because yeah, we kind of just got to chase the snow for a little bit and just kind of like another thing to go back on is like, um, our mindset going into the project with knowing that every um they weren't doing they weren't judging it the same like it wasn't the same urban contest it's everything now so it's like a video contest we were like let's just like not put the stress on it like you know like we're gonna film this high level part that we need to film for x games but like not let it get to us to a point where like because i'm sure you've heard of like the horror stories of people like stressing out because they're not getting enough clips or you know there's not enough snow or like or just, getting hurt yeah yeah getting hurt because you're pushing the line too much so lupe was like i don't want to like do that like i want to come out of this like come out of it like healthy and like but i still want to put out something i'm really stoked on so i think we did that perfectly like we had a great ship i'm like more than stoked on the shit we got to film for the project and like we had a really good friend of ours make the music too which i'm really stoked on so we have like a completely original song and like i'm really hype on the video yeah that's awesome and yeah we'll 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 leave all the shots and all the all the uh we'll leave that as a surprise because everything comes out on monday right oh yeah yeah definitely yeah so we're filming this on uh we're recording this on friday february 19th so by the time people listen it might already be out but i'll try to push it before then um so so who's telling is it like the judges that are telling you that things are gonna be different this year is it someone from like uh bristol like at espn like in some email telling you Mm -hmm. yeah it's just all emails so like we haven't like talked to anybody really like they just email us and just tell us like here's your final like judging registration blah 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 like this is how we're gonna judge you and like a big factor of it is like overall like wow factor and then like stuff like that but like they're pretty 
Blaine with it and they're just like oh we just want you to like film what you think is the best skiing to your skier you're like you know what's your skiing the best so you can do whatever you want so with that being said it was just like super like we don't know you know they are just like yeah. kind of open with it this is gonna be it's definitely gonna be a different year like yeah way different but i'm really stoked on our video and like it's cool being in the lineup with like tanner hall and like all these crazy legends and then having like taylor taylor is like a really good friend of ours and we we're actually helping her along the way too and so that's really cool just to have like another friend on the lineup and like just been a really cool experience is and is there any money involved with this at all like are they paying you guys anything is there a prize pool um there is like a prize pool but it's not as much as it used to be i guess i guess it got cut down this year or like they like changed it or like yeah so they pretty much like gave us a budget to submit the video and we were supposed to use that to like help us film like go on the trips and stuff and then yeah you get a get a prize for gold silver and bronze and then also get a like five grand for um fan favorite and so, so there is there is there is a good like that's another reason why we wanted to do it was because like the money behind it you know and just like the opportunity was like well might as well take this you know like we're gonna be okay. doing this shit anyway you know kind of thing like so i think that was a cool part of it for sure is the money behind it and just allowed us to push ourselves for sure and so do you guys have any like huge expectations for it or are you just stoked on the whole process like are you guys gonna be heartbroken if if you're not play, like meddling at all or is it just like mm -hmm. we did it and we're stoked on it yeah i guess like going into it i kind of like i don't know like the lineup's pretty sick it's like all over the place this year you know with how they have like tanner and then taylor and hackle from last year and then Ferdy and stuff so it's like the lineup's just all over the place so i guess i'm not i'm not necessarily going to be bummed if we don't make it because at the end of the day i'm really stoked on what we produced and i had a like an unreal time filming it so you know at the end of the day like yeah gold medal would be sick for the cherry on top but we still got to put it out and like get it on the stage which was more of what it's about just getting our names out there oh i mean definitely man it's gonna be on abc you know that's pretty yeah, like uh, i pretty never... big time yeah like this is my first like big tv break for myself so i'm like so excited about it and just like more grateful than anything just to be in the lineup and just have the opportunity even yeah. if we don't make the podium or not like yeah more yeah we'll see though <laughs> yeah for sure and so did they did they send like a whole camera crew to your house or did you guys go somewhere for like this an interview about like behind the scenes and everything yeah we had to do the interview and they just sent it like luckily it was um one of the guys is like Tom's filmer AJ DeCoulis and El and uh, Lupe's worked with him in the past for like good company stuff so it was AJ and then one other guy who came over to uh film it so it was kind of chill like AJ's the man like super good homie and like he was helping us actually in PA when we were out there and stuff so I know him before that and stuff so it was it was really like relaxed kind of but yeah they had like the big big red cameras and all the lighting and yeah they came to our house and like split us up and had the big interviews it was crazy <laughs> that's awesome man that's awesome i'm i'm so excited to see it um so before we get into the viewer questions and before we really start like hopping just all over the place because we got a ton of viewer questions for this one oh, um man. i did see a story on on new schoolers what what happened with the stolen gear oh so that was the year before yeah 
that was that was a really crazy experience so the year before my first year we were filming we were filming what was i filming for it was i was filming for this last season so quarters and halves that video i just dropped and then yeah nowhere now here with lupe and it was my first time in minnesota and we were in saint paul east saint paul and yeah stayed out there for two weeks and we were staying at um this airbnb person and we had to like because they kept booking like we only booked it for because we didn't know how long we were going to stay so we only booked the airbnb for like a week and then we had to move places so we were like kind of moving on this block between like three different airbnbs that this this one person had and it was kind of a sketchy neighborhood so we were like moving our bags all the time and like people were watching us kind of but yeah so like go on whole trip goes fine we literally second to last day before we're gonna leave and go home we're out at a night spot we shoot a night spot get back at like 4 a.m smoke a little doobie go to bed at like four o'clock wake up the next morning and like everything's fine you know we're all just like making breakfast and then all of a sudden lupe's like he's like oh yo could i like see the clip from last night and i'm like yeah for sure and i like go to like import the footage and i'm like where's my camera bag and he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I left my bag, right? You know, like it started hitting me. And I was like, wait a second. Where's all this shit? Where's this shit? Where's this shit? And we started realizing all this stuff was missing. And then like ran out to my truck. All my keys were stolen. They stole Lupe and my other buddy Tyler's wallets, all my camera gear, but left like all our ski gear, left a bunch of shit. And like, so that was like the weird part about it. And like, yeah, I don't know. They they broke into our Airbnb super late at night while we were sleeping and just literally, yeah, took like two of my camera bags, a couple wallets, went through my truck and then dipped like super fast. Like, so the only thing I could think of was that we were being watched by yeah. someone and someone was like, all right, these kids have a lot of gear. Look at all these kids moving all this shit, watching us, blah, 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 waited for us to go to bed, broke in and then just like that, you know, and damn, man. It was so rough. Like, like that's my life. Like I've been like talking like the rest of it before I've been saving for, up for all these cameras my whole life. Like I've never had anybody buy me a camera. Like I've just been all summer. I save up for a camera and then I, you know, I, so I've been working for these cameras all year and then I get them stolen. And so it was like my, yeah, my yeah. newborn child getting taken from my arms, like kind of thing. Like I was devastated. Tried calling the cops didn't have any serial numbers so like even if the cops found it at the pawn shop i couldn't even get it back because i didn't have serial numbers to prove it was my camera so i was completely dead in the water just like and but then my buddy my good buddy patrick green made a gofundme page and i just received an insane amount of help from people in the industry just all my friends everybody just giving me a couple bucks to buy a new camera and ended up raising like four grand and getting like all my shit back so, so you guys never you never recovered the original gear but you just never got the original gear luckily only lost that one shot we were we shot that night before we and so yeah like they didn't take my computer or my hard drive somehow like like thank god whoever looked out for that one because like it had it was at the end of our trip so all of our footage was on there and we would have lost everything like I lost that. I don't think I would have produced those two movies that I made this year, you know, like nowhere now here wouldn't have happened like stuff like that. So that was a huge, huge thing that happened to me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's actually good that you end only ended up losing like one shot. 
yeah that was yeah. the biggest like i was devastated about the cameras but yeah it was more like if we lost all that footage like you can't get that shit back like cameras are you can get back but it's the footage that's really that's priceless you know yeah definitely and did yeah, you guys got up, lucky only one shot did you end up refilming that that one shot that lupe had we haven't we've talked about going back to that feature it's in minnesota and we haven't we didn't go to minnesota this year because we were just going other places but we have talked about going back and re, re reshooting it <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome man all right so let's see i'm gonna start digging into some of these viewer questions and there was a ton this is the most i've ever gotten really oh wow. my god they just flew in and a lot, a lot of people sent in more than one and some of them are kind of like joke questions but we'll still get yeah i that. feel like a lot of my friends are just messing with me <laughs> yeah uh let's see okay da, 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 da. all right great so we'll start with like some um like actual like real um like videography questions okay so um let's see so just something easy uh so donovan asks uh, what camera do you use so i mainly use i'm a big panasonic guy i use a panasonic ac160 and that's my main workhorse but then i also have a, a gh5 too for like some other stuff awesome um till.hess asks uh what what editing software do you use uh, i'm a premiere pro and after effects mm-hmm and do you think that's kind of like, uh, this is just me wondering, like, is that industry standard for like, if you're working at Wendell's or working at Copper, like, are they expecting that? Not necessarily. Yeah, I would say it's an industry standard. A lot of main professionals use Adobe Premiere because the amount of stuff you can do it. But I know a lot of people who still use Final Cut Pro, even like free versions of Final Cut Pro and like can make it work. So like you really can make it work with anything, but it's just, yeah, how you use it. Yeah. Um, all right, Sleepy Gary, uh, do you prefer long lens or fisheye? Um, definitely a long lens. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that is? Uh, I'm, I don't, I just love like William Strobeck is like a big fan, like a big inspiration of me and, or of mine. And I love his long lens shots, the zoom where like, that's another reason why I love using the Panasonic like camcorder style is because of the, the the paddle zoom that you can just like go in and out like super fast so i'm a big fan of the long line zoom yeah um all right dave asks vx or hd for skate slash ski videos i would say hd for ski videos vx for skate videos all the way all right all right um so these two kind of I'll ask the first one first. So, so how do you get clips to look so good? And that was Drew that asked that. Um, how do I get clips to look so good? I don't know. You can kind of interpret that any way you want. Maybe like, how do you get the lighting perfect? How do you? Yeah. Um, I like a big thing is like the camera I use. Like I said, it's very uh, user friendly and like it's it's very easy to just kind of like pick up all of a sudden and just shoot, you know, in the light, it's all good. You know, you don't have a lot of settings that you need to tweak like a DSLR. So that's like another, you know, you're able to just boom, you know, capture it right there when you need to. So you're able to get a lot of things that most other people don't get. And I guess, but how do I make my shots look so crispy? I would say um, scene files on those cameras is a type of uh, coloring correction thing that the camera does internally. And I've developed a scene file that I'm finally really stoked on that I've been working on for like years kind of thing. 
just like tweaking different peoples and using it and then being like, all right, I want it on it like this. So just time. And yeah, it just takes time, like knowing how to use your cameras. Yeah. And how do you get like the motions down for, um, for your fisheye shots? Because they're very, you know, they're very almost like systematic, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, the fisheye thing, it's all practice. Like you cannot do that. Like you cannot film fisheye enough because you know, like, I've learned that most people, like a lot of the great filmers don't even look at the camera while they're filming fisheye, they're looking at the rider, you know? So having that sense of feeling for your camera is huge. So you can, yeah, watch the rider and know when to react and like know when to point, you know, and not focusing on the camera as much because you know how to, you're already like, all right, this is like my second nature. I can just like point it and it'll be like, I know it's like good. So I think that is like a big part of it is just being, knowing your cameras as well as you can know them and you really can't until you use them for ever so i try to just film as much as you can even if it's not great aid footage just getting the practice out there and just filming you know it's like i think that's why i've gotten to the point where i am is because the amount i've done yeah um so rolf asks uh how do you pick the perfect shot and let's just assume that he's talking about like after after the fact like how are you choosing when you're editing, how do you choose? All right, this shot. Yeah, we're using this shot, and this the shot's just getting thrown to the side. Um, I guess how do I pick the perfect shot? Is just like I don't know. I just look for something that's funny or something that sticks out to me. Like I love all my friends because they're all hilarious, and like I just have endless funny footage of them. So I think just finding something that I and something I can relate to too. I think is good to find for a perfect shot just something relatable that other people can and having i think just having something funny is always good (laughs) yeah are you the type to save your shots like all right i didn't use it this time but maybe i'll use it further down the road for like a outtakes video do you do keep anything like that i definitely have some footage i do like i like there's some b-roll shots that i'm like i'm sitting on still because i'm like all right I got to use it at the right point kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like such crazy B-roll, you know, like I definitely have sit on some footage. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now this is like taking a look at um, like kind of the audio side of it. So Lucas asks, uh, where do you get inspiration uh, for the music? Uh, where do you get, where do you get inspiration and music for your videos? It's like um, creative process kind of. Yeah. A lot of my inspiration comes from skateboarding and snowboarding. <laughs> funny enough i watch so many snowboarding videos a lot of my inspiration comes from snowboarding i don't know those guys are just and skateboarding too because snowboarders are just trying to be skateboarders like skateboarding is like the original to me and like where i come up with a lot of my inspiration and stuff because it's so diy like skateboarding is the truest diy sport so like i think we can take a lot from skateboarding and their their community and like put into skiing yeah and then what was the other part of their question uh and where do you get the music oh my music oh man that's just um that's something i'm a freak about i just i'm like the type of guy who i can't listen to the same song for like over a week i just have to be finding new music always and like that's a big part of my like videos it's like i really feel strongly about the music i choose for my videos and like I think that has a big part of it of like your feeling for how people see your stuff is the music you choose because it can make or break and edit. So I focus on that heavy and just lots of time of just, I use Spotify and like, I don't know, just 
searching for new stuff and yeah just doing that yeah yeah do you ever go into a shoot with the music already in mind because i know i used to do that when i was making videos at my hill i'd be like i'd be listening to the song on the way to the mountain and then i'm yeah. going around just imagining it definitely on some some projects for sure like when i was filming the first magma i remember i had a couple of songs in my head that i was like i wanted to use and then i kept playing them for hunter and then he slowly was like oh these are sick we should use them too and i was like yeah we should <laughs> you know like i definitely love like having a vision going uh, yeah like a song and then going off of that song for a vision for a video i think is like the sickest thing i love doing that but it doesn't always work like that because it always ends up like at least with like my bigger movies now like these bigger projects that i work like all year long you know i have some ideas for songs at the beginning of the year but then my taste and music change change completely by the end of the year and i'm like not even into that same music anymore and i like want to use something different so that's like a big part of it of just like my taste in music at the time really picked like changes what i use for videos because just like it's just what i like kind of thing yeah definitely with, like right now i'm really into reggae and like classic rock <laughs> yeah yeah um so until hess is wondering till dot hess um is wondering uh do friends ever help you choose the music and he said like in magma for example so are friends ever, you know, like, hey, you should use this song in an edit or putting you on to songs? Yeah, um, a good amount of the stuff comes from me. But yeah, like I have a couple friends that will give me songs that I actually do. I have like so many people tell me songs like, oh, dude, you got to use this young thug song, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't use that. Like, I don't know. Like a lot of times like, I don't use the music people tell me to use, but there's like, my roommate, Mikey Guzmano, I have to give a big shout out to him because he's given me so many songs that I've used and I feel bad because I've never given him credit. So big out shout out to Mikey. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right. And so these are kind of the last of the uh, the video questions. And then it gets into like just the, the stupid stuff. So uh, Tyler, Tyler's wondering uh, favorite clip and why. Uh, favorite clip and why favorite clip i know and there's so many I, so that's like i not, gotta think not really an easy question favorite clip okay I, I think okay i honestly think my favorite clip i've filmed and like to this day is the this, the quad daffy topher did at wendell's <laughs> and the reason i love that clip is because i didn't know he was gonna do it at all like he was just doing doubles all day like double daffy's on the knuckle and then all of a sudden he just cranked the quad out and gives me the, the, the classic Topher look back. And I just, I started dying. I don't know. That, that one just hits me because I, I don't know. Yeah. I love Topher in general too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, Drew is wondering, uh, let's see. Yeah. Drew's wondering favorite crew or rider to film with. Oh man, that's so that's hard. That's a tough one, yeah. Like favorite crew, I like I have so many people I love filming with, so I really can't like pick one person that I would say. Um, actually, no, I I can't, I can't. I have one person I would say I love filming with. That's a uh, Robbie Brown. He's like an OG homie from Steamboat, and he's just like my one of my best dogs. And like I would film with him. I love filming with them. But for crews, I gotta say Mill Bastards, man. Those are my like my good friends out here right now and 
I love filming with those guys. They're always bringing some new shit to the table and just always keeping it fun too. And like all those guys are such like kooks. It's, it's great. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right. Um, oh, this is, this guy sent it a bunch. Do you know who Chunder Muncher is? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what did he say? All right. Well, he has a bunch, but okay. So we'll, we'll go with this one first. Okay. Chunder Muncher, gnarliest slam you've ever filmed gnarliest slam i've ever filmed oh man i think that was also that one goes to my friend robbie brown when he i was filming some street with him and he uh tacoed a donkey dink on this flat down and broke four ribs punctured a lung and like we had to take him to a hospital and he almost died that night but he's all good now oh my god that's pretty gnarly (laughs) yeah that was definitely the gnarliest one all right, we'll stick with the Chunder Muncher questions. Yeah, no, keep bringing the Chunder Muncher. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite Steam Boys edit? Oh, man. Favorite Steam Boys edit? Definitely got to be Fruit Boys is our, our Copper Summer edit. All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, Colin Reed or Strobeck? Oh, oh, that's such a hard question. Harry, this guy knows me too well. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say um strobeck all right all right uh why do people call you burrito bomber (laughs) oh Oh, man that's a that's an og one that's from my steam boys days when i was in steamboat they had this comp going on at the bottom lift called the the surf jam and it was just like this like surf like they had this big like surf course set up and it was like this whole like mahalo type thing contest and I was doing the contest, mid-contest, they were just having, like, a jam thing going. So, like, you could just lap the lift and, like, ski as much as you want in the contest. And I get to the bottom of the lift. Someone hands me a, br- a breakfast burrito. And I'm like, all right. Like, I take the burrito, get on the lift. I start eating it. And I'm like, this thing sucks. Like, it is just gross. And I was like, I got to get rid of this thing. Like, I'm about to do my comp run. And so, like, the lift, like, you get off at the half point, And then you, like, ski back under the lift. And so as I was skiing under the lift, last second decision, I just, I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. So I just throw it up and it goes straight up, hits some dude in the face on the lift and like, <laughs> uh, like explodes on this dude's face. I didn't even like think about it. I just kept skiing. And then two runs later, I see this guy at the bottom and he's like, who threw this burrito at me? Blah, blah, blah. And then like picks out all these college kids. And I was in like, I was going to college at the time. And he's like, it's those kids. Like they did it. And, like no one knew it was me the whole time. And so then I told my friends at the end of the day, because everyone was like, dude, who threw the burrito? And I was like, it was me. And so everyone calls me the burrito bandit <laughs> or the burrito bomber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Let's see. Um, oh God. What's this next one? Would you play Gavin Rudy in a game of slush? Oh, I would because he's like one of my best friends, but Gavin would smoke me in a game of slush. I know this. He's way too good. All right. All right. Let's see. That was all from uh, Chunder Muncher. So shout out to him. Let's Shout see. out to Chunder Muncher for sure. <laughs> Let's see what else. Um, that young ski bum, how much corned beef hash do you consume in a single season? <laughs> I do eat a lot of corned beef hash. Um I don't know. Let's say like, like a whole season. It's hard to rack up, but I probably eat like three cans a week. All right, that's <laughs> so pretty. Nice. For a whole a season, like it adds up. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Griffin Griffin Theus. He says bone in or boneless, and then he also says this will likely be the most important question on here. Definitely boneless. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, boneless. But they're chicken tenders. It. They're chicken yeah, tenders. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, Reese Rule asks favorite childhood cartoon. Favorite childhood cartoon. I gotta say SpongeBob. That was my that was my jam. All right. All right. Let's see. Um, no Bev asks uh, tuna preparation technique. Oh, okay. If you if you <laughs> No Bev knows this one too, but yeah, if you if you ever eaten some tuna and you need to spice it up, put uh, you go to the supermarket and you get hot buffalo uh pretzel bites, and you put the hot buffalo pretzel bites in the tuna. Game changer shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, average achieving Asian asks, uh, why is Cholula hot sauce the best? <laughs> Cholula is the best because it's just, I don't know how to answer that. A lot of these are like food related. Are you like a big, are you a big <laughs> chow type of guy? Yeah, I, like the Cholula thing is like, I, I'm known for just chugging Cholula. Like I love Cholula. Yeah. I don't know why I love it. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. There's so many. There's a whole other page of them that I didn't even that oh I forgot I had. All right. Quinn Chris, how are you so gangsta? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I learned it from my Durango homies. <laughs> All right. There you go. Um, let's see. For Frosty Maine asks, what nickname does your mother call you by? <laughs> my mom calls me Owie. Oh, we... <laughs> yeah. Nice, man. <laughs> All right. Um, no Bev also asked uh, five favorite songs to shred to. Five favorite songs. I'd say uh, Naughty, Naughty Dread by Bob Marley and the Wailers. And then some Wu-Tang for sure. I've been a big fan of some classic rock. I've been listening to a lot of Rolling Stones and stuff. But what mainly st- reggae. What Stone song are you listening to? Uh, favorite one is uh, waiting on a friend or waiting on a friend. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good jams right now. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We're getting down to the last few. All right. Uh, Ruin Burns. Thoughts on Steamboat. And especially now that you don't live there anymore. Yeah. Thoughts on Steamboat is I have too much love for that place. Just I don't know. It holds a very special place in my heart and everybody who lives there and everybody that I met there and just that whole time period of my life is just so special. And I think one day I'll probably end up living in steamboat when I'm older, but yeah, I I love that place. I definitely will come back. That's awesome. All right. Um, JM asked, how hard is it to live on your budget? I guess he's assuming you're broke. (laughs) Yeah, no. And he's got that right. It's a, it's a struggle, my man. It's a a lot of pizza and ramen every night and (laughs) You know, you gotta, you gotta make sacrifices. So yeah, you can live the part of your other life so you want to. So yeah, yeah. just kind of keeping it super low key and taking my trips while I can when I have the money. And then yeah, just yeah, eating super cheap. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is and this is the last question, and this kind of all ties it together nicely. So this is from uh, Gavin Limber. So he says, best advice you can give someone. Um, best advice you can give. To someone wanting to make ski slash action sport videos i would say that like it's all about 
the connection you make with the athlete because I really feel like that has a big part of how the video is uh, how the feeling of a video has if like you have a connection with the athlete you're shooting with so that's a biggest part just like you know just make friends with the people you're shooting with man and like another thing too is like with the industry there's it's so blown out kind of because of how many people do shoot ski videos and like make park edits now with like instagram and everything like there's just so many to really stand on yourself you got to just keep doing it and just do yourself the most and I'd say just like the best thing you can do is just like, don't stop making videos and just make as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And do you think that location matters? Like, do you think you have to be out in Salt Lake to, to make it as a filmmaker? No, not at all. Definitely. Like, yeah, obviously being in a location where you have like for skiing and skateboard and like action sport videos, you need athletes to perform, you know? So you got to have some good friends, you know, who are going to jump off some crazy shit for you. But no, I don't think it's like, if you're struggling with that sense of it, just look to look on the outside of it and just like kind of be like, all right, well, what are, what are these guys doing that other people aren't doing that I can showcase and make different and kind of like show how these people are different than other people, you know, but we're still doing the same thing. I think is something to keep like can individualize yourself and make you stand out over everyone else. Mm -hmm. And like kind of along those lines, do you think that having like big fancy gear matters? Definitely not. Like I said, like the camera I use is a very simple user friendly camera. And I love that about it because it allows me to like, I can pick up my camera, have it turned on, ready to shoot in 10 seconds. And I really strive for having like the quick pickup ability to a camera because you never know when you're going to like, you know, your camera's not always in your hands. And so you need to be ready at any point to shoot something. And so having that quick pickup time is, I think, huge. So that's why I love shooting with like simple cameras. Like I have a little point and shoot camera I just keep in my pocket. That's like the simplest thing you could ever buy. But I love shooting it with it because it's so easy to and like, you can really make anything you want with any camera you have. And like, same with editing software, you don't need the fancy editing software to make the crazy shit like you can do it with little stuff so that was one big thing someone told me when I was younger as a filmer like you don't need the big camera equipment like use what you got and just make it work and that's yep. like the big thing. yep the best camera is the one you have as they exactly said. yeah and it's all about how you use it and like the best filmers can use the worst cameras in the best ways you know yeah definitely all right well that's all I have oh and I just want to thank you for coming on today that was like super insightful great to hear behind the scenes is there anything you want to kind of leave off with anything you want to plug no yeah like super grateful for you having me on here like so stoked i got to be able to do something like this i've been wanting to do it for a while so thank you man for inviting me on and just gotta say huge shout out to the mill bastards keep your eyes out for them bro because we got some stuff on the works right now so hell yeah all right cool good man. Am I a good man?